When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patsy Deference is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. So it's a funny thing how far the fires can grow when you turn your back after apparently lighting something uh, behind you. Not Joker style necessarily in the dark night. More like doing TV on a Monday night, which I will say hosting Boston Sports Tonight, one of the great pleasures of my career here so far. But in a late segment, happened to mention that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi might not be best friends. Days later, find out that that's been all over talk radio. But before we get to that, it's, of course, time to remind you this episode of the Pats Interference Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, tons of film notes here for you, for anyone else who cares about Texans 20, Patriots 9. Most of the starters sat. The play calls were bland. Vanilla, as everyone likes to say, during the preseason. But there were still some certain things to learn. How physical would Christian Gonzalez be? What about Keon White, Bryce Berenger, Chad Ryland? All of these rookies, in addition to some veterans fighting for spots. Before we get to those, though, um, let's just address the Max Zappi thing. Because as I understand it, doing a charity event Wednesday night down at Vitamin C Brewing, awesome event put on by my guy Fitzy. He's been at the pod multiple times. He's coming back soon. The first thing he says is not like, hey, thanks for coming down. Let's do this media panel. It's, what the hell is going on with Mac and Zappi? Because of the comment I had made, again, Monday night doing Boston sports tonight. So for the record, when I say Mac and Zappy are not best friends. And since saying that uh, Zappy, when asked about his relationship with Mac, all he said was the quarterback's room, we want to win. And it's as simple as that. And that's all that matters. And Mac, when asked about his relationship with Bailey says, you know, Oh, I've been a part of good quarterback rooms. Hopefully I can help out the younger guys, meaning him. Well, not addressing either one. It's okay that they're not having sleepovers. Okay. And sharing candy and telling late night stories up until 2 a.m. All right. We've been through this before and a very different version, but you all remember 2014 surprise of draft night or day two of the draft back then. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. Okay. Competition for Tom Brady. It galvanizes him. It motivates him. It pisses him off. Bailey's happy last year. Not only was drafted, but then played well had his name chanted at Gillette Stadium. So understandably, Mac Jones, as a proud guy who identifies as a football player, quarterback of a football team, watches someone take his team, run his offense at the time. Again, thank God that that offense is gone. Succeed and people back him. Naturally, it's going to irritate him. Forget any personal differences they might have. But that's food off his table. That's potentially money out of his bank account down the road, an opportunity that might not be his. He's been the starter since then. But when we talk about Mac and Zappi not being best friends, as far as the team goes and winning goes, it doesn't matter. It becomes a story because, sure, you can can bash the media. In this case, I would just bash the talk radio because I'm here telling you now it's not a big deal. That's just the case. You don't like everyone you work with. I haven't loved everyone that I've worked with in I don't know how many spots now over the last 10 years doing this. And that's okay. You need to get along professionally. Everything else falls by the white side. And if your goals are aligned, which like both of them mentioned, um, things are fine. So turn off the talk radio. Let it go. We're going to publish what they say because they're the quarterbacks. Everyone listens to the quarterbacks. 
Uh, but as far as that goes, I'm trying to hose this thing down. We're trying to cool it off and put it away because we finally have football to talk about. So let's do that. Okay. So as I mentioned, Patriots lose 20 to nine. Thank God for another quarterback, uh, Malik Cunningham, who takes over for one drive after Bailey's happy plays two and a half quarters. Trace McSorley bounces around, goes one for three for four yards. And Malik Cunningham not only scores the Patriots only touchdown, leads the team in rushing for 34 yards. And Maybe if he had had another touchdown, would have the zappy chance. Instead, it's Malik, Malik, Malik. Um, he electrified Gillette Stadium in a way that like no one had, even with that giant scoreboard, uh, because that's how just poor and boring that game was. Now, what does this mean for his long-term future? Let's just get right to the end. Malik Cunningham is not going to be the starting quarterback or any of that, but it was fun. It was exciting. And for me, his play there and what we had seen the prior couple of practices opens up a question of, is transitioning him to receiver full-time is a guy who played and started three years in college, the best course of action for the Patriots, because obviously his running dynamic and you look at his first run, it was an RPO quarterback draw. He goes off, gains extra yards on a design play later scrambles twice, including for the touchdown. That's a dynamic there where, you know, I've made the analogy late in the shot clock, NBA players who can create their own offense without the need for a set or a screen or a pin down or anything, okay, he can do that. Mac and Billy Zappi need that pin down. They need the exact pass to be threaded into the low post because they're point guards. Billy Cunningham, obviously not that. So when we go through our film here today, again, th these are not long-term observations. There's nothing you can take out of this preseason game except for, okay, let's keep watching this. The starter sat, the play calls were bland, but Malik Cunningham obviously was a ton of fun and leads off our studs category. And we're going to go down studs today duds some assorted notes and if you're listening on saturday or later all of my notes are going to be in the bostonherald.com again same with the practice reports more than 2,000 words more than you really want to know there's <laughs> i'm sure there's some stuff in there my editors just go why is this here uh i'm sorry i'm a sick person and it's football season which means it's uh i'm, I'm going to be very ill for the next six seven months just just diving into all this so malik cunningham the story malik cunningham the fun on the opposite end of the fun spectrum uh, was the offensive line, which let's say it right off the top. You're missing uh, every starter. Okay, Riley Reef is the only healthy one. David Andrews in there too. They don't play. Neither does Trent Brown, Mike Unwenu, Cole Strange. Okay, so all backups. But that doesn't tell the whole story, just the injuries. Because when you look at the players behind him and behind them, a.k.a. everyone that we saw Thursday night, these are the players that if any one of those top five, again, Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Mike Unwenu, if he comes back, when he comes back, but not anytime soon, and Riley Reef, if they get hurt sometime over the course of a very physical and draining 18-week season, these are the guys you're going to see. And what these guys did against the Texans' backups were allow a 38% pressure rate on passing downs, allowed 32% of the Patriots' design run plays to get stuffed, okay, and force Bill O'Brien where my objective is, you know, new columnist over at the at the Herald for our Patriots coverage was to say, okay, what am I going to learn about this offense? Understanding it's vanilla, it's store brand, white bread offense. And the thing that I took away is that the offense we've seen in training camp, the practices where the reporting is a little bit more limited around the X's and O's, completely respect that, was a lot like we saw Thursday night. And to me, the takeaway after Malik Cunningham was the Patriots are building their offense in a way that they expect to be bad along the offensive line. 
Now, certainly not this bad, not 38% pressure rate, not one third of your runs, basically getting stuffed at or behind the line of scrimmage. But the reason I say that is one quarter of Bailey Zappi's pass attempts were screens. After he takes a sack on that first drive, more than half of his pass attempts went behind the line of scrimmage. He worked in RPOs as Trace McSorley did. There was quick game concepts. They ran over and over and over again. If you follow along at CLNS, uh, Taylor Kyle's new CLNS reporter put up a clip of the concept that I named in my column. It's called stick. It's basically a little button hook spacing, you know, where you'll have the tight end runs a little out or small curl, and then there's an out route paired with it. So it's supposed to stretch his own defense or beat man coverage with the short out. They did that over and over again just to get the ball out. And if you were building an offense from scratch knowing, okay, we're going to have a couple high school offensive tackles, but everyone else is fairly competent. These are the things you would run. Get it out, be safe, get to our playmakers. And so I don't say it because that's all we saw in the first preseason game when no starters sat and yada, yada. I say it because what we all witnessed Thursday night is a lot like what I've seen and other reporters have seen in practices. When Trent Brown's been involved and Riley Reef's been there and David Andrews is snapping, does that mean it'll continue to operate pretty much entirely within the 10 yards of the line of scrimmage? No, but it seems that the, the concerns we've had at a training camp with the offensive line uh, are concerns the Patriots share based on what they're doing. Okay, let's get back to the positive. Uh, studs, we already mentioned Malik Cunningham. Jalen Mills, come on down. He had, first of all, a great press conference, which helps people like me on deadline somehow in the year 2023, writing for a newspaper. Interception, he explained. Again, Texans' first drive. He was in man coverage and just said, F it. I'm going to look at CJ Stroud and take care, take advantage of this rookie because it's third and 21 and my guy is staying into block. And even though Dalton Schultz released out into route, I don't give a shit. I'm going after this ball. And he did. He broke on this route about a full second before Stroud finally threw it. Mills gets the interception. It was cover one. They had rushed five. And the Patriots, you know, there were some late rotations in the secondary. Um, you know, the pressure, as I mentioned, with five rushers, even on that play, third and 21. But it wasn't like they threw the book at C.J. Stroud. Jalen Mills is important, not because he can take advantage of rookie quarterbacks, though. It's because right now he's the fourth safety and the only one out of the top group, which starts with Kyle Duggar, then goes Adrian Phillips, uh, obviously features Mills as well, and Jabril Peppers, to play Thursday night. So his, he's fourth among that group. But what he showed with that play and an ensuing run stuff where he just comes off the edge, knew it was a run. He explained it in that same press conference. Go ahead, definitely watch it if you can. Um, that he was just all over the place. And the way he moved around the secondary was if he was Devin McCourty, someone who had patrolled that secondary for years and knew what he was doing. So not only did he play well, it showed that if he plays like that, or even half as well, three quarters of it well when, when the games really count, safety again is going to be the deepest position on this roster. Because Jalen Mills is your fourth guy. And we didn't see the top three in the preseason opener. Good job by Jalen Mills. Uh, Anthony Jennings, someone you also don't see a whole lot of, but we saw plenty of on Thursday night. 2020, third-round pick out of Alabama. They move him a little off the ball, put him on the edge. Basically, scotch tape defense there that rookie year. Misses 2021, comes back. Last season, makes the team, rotational player. I texted with a couple of his old teammates, no longer with the team today. That Did you see the same thing out of Anthony? that I did. And they're like, oh yeah, he's he's coming on strong. So whether it's a contract year thing or the delayed development, which we've talked a lot about in this podcast for the 2020 draft picks, where they basically just get robbed of the rookie years, right? Like there's no preseason. 
no OTAs, no mini camp because of COVID, throw you into the mix, and then the Patriots staff is moving you all over the place, including Josh Uche and Kyle Duggar, because they just don't have the bodies to fill those positions. Well, Anthony Jennings had a quarterback hit last night. He had a hurry, and he drew a holding penalty. So he's been a steady, you know, soft six right, playing outside linebacker so far. I'm not saying that the ceiling all of a sudden, like he's getting one haircut or he works out for summer and comes back as this like hard eight. But if he's a player who can spice up or elevate his pass rush just a little bit, that takes what's a deepening group of roster talent because of another guy we're about to get to with that defensive front seven or really front six and really boosts the potency there because you can rotate guys in more and keep them fresh. If Jennings is someone you can rely on for more than just setting the, the edge against the run, but pass rush like he did last night it was a really, really good showing against, frankly, an underrated uh, Texans offensive line, which might be the first time in history that's ever been said about the Texans. But moving on, our last stud, Keon White. Okay, this dude, we talked about him, Mike Giardi, uh, six foot five, 300 pounds, moves like he is 240, moves like he has a small jetpack, and his hands are so heavy. Scout talk that, you know, sometimes like, you know, folks will use jargon just to kind of intimate they, they know a little bit more. You watch him and you try to tell me his hands are not heavier than an average human being's because it just jolts the offensive lineman upon impact. And then when he wants to move them and shed blocks, he's doing it right away. He had a hurry. He had a quarterback hit. He's dropping into space and again, moving like he's 240 or 250. It wasn't so much an individual play here or there. He was just always around the ball, including tracking CJ Stroud down from behind on what ended up being, I think, like a short gain on a small scramble. The bottom line with White is he played like the athletic freak we already knew he was. But he's harnessing that in a way that despite only playing the position for three years, again, he moved from tight end at Old Dominion to defensive end at Georgia Tech and suddenly is a top 50 pick. Okay. And he's a little bit older, so it helps from a physical development standpoint. This guy is ready for the NFL. And what official capacity? I don't know. He told reporters last night he wanted to come out, be physical. Boom, check. Now it's a matter of playing faster and harnessing that further because the tools are there. Special, special tools, like a little bit heavier, a little bit more fluid. Again, not from a career standpoint, not a talent standpoint, but there's some Willie McGinnis to him that I see flexibility to play across the front, obviously more on the edge, bigger, beefier, stronger. Um, that's just, there, there's something there that's different about him. And so some of that, again, talk about harnessing the talent. His first hurry, he dipped inside of the Texans' left tackle, allowed Stroud to escape outside the pocket. If you have been following the Patriots at all, you know that's a big no-no because Stroud is not supposed to get outside the pocket. No quarterback is supposed to be. You're supposed to hold containment, okay? Keon White cuts inside, Stroud boots out. You get the hurry, you beat the tackle, but he gets the scramble and extend the play. Big no-no for Bill Belichick, who talked to him after that drive. So once he starts to nail those parts of his game down get more consistent i think we're gonna be talking about keon white uh for a long long time all right duds uh real quickly and then we'll get to a couple notes mailbag questions and get out of here jason hines this was rough uh 2022 six round pick out of lsu he was far from the only alignment to let the offense down but the run blocking was just atrocious like this is a guy i have a hard time putting on the roster uh now uh basically got the foxborough flu and no one reported it because he just went on ir after not being on an injury report before the Jets came uh, in late October last year, he outright whiffs on one of two run stuffs that he allowed. Didn't generate consistent running room and was in the area of a pressure. Just a tough night for him. 
Um, City Sal, fourth round rookie. We've talked about this plenty of times. Career college guard. Hey, here are the keys to go play right tackle. See if you can start it up and take it for a spin. Um, spinning is exactly what City Sal is unfortunately doing, as you would expect. And this is a guy, again, fourth round rookie, who deserves patience, time, and reps. But right now, it's not pretty. He allowed two hurries. He looked out of place. Uh, run stuffs in his side were, again, you know, one third of your handoffs got stopped or went backwards. He was involved a lot on those plays. And just as a guy that right now, last night was your backup right tackle, it, depending on the health of some other players, could be deeper into the preseason. We don't know yet, but they're banking on him being a tackle. He's not kicking in at guard and splitting reps with Hines or Jake Andrews or Antonio Mafia, who started a left guard. But Sal was indisputably the worst offensive lineman they had last night. It's mostly not his fault. But it's something the Patriots are betting on. And right now, those odds look pretty long. Uh, last one, Rodney Randall, veteran, journey corner. I'll give you one number. Seven. Seven catches allowed for him in coverage, including the one tight, uh, tight end. The one touchdown the Texans had in the second half. I'm not going to bang on this guy at all because, again, this is someone that we all expect to get cut. But it's his climb to a roster spot or even a spot on the practice squad. Got a lot steeper last night, allowing seven catches including the touchdown. Had a nice tackle in space. Got a big round of applause from Gerard Mayo, uh, but he'll need a little bit more than that. All right, I know you know this, but I'm not sure you feel it. So I want you to listen very closely. Football season is about to kick off. High school, college, and especially the NFL. And in the NFL, FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time that team wins in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use these bonus bets on things like spreads, player props, over under, and ton tons more. New bets, new games, new everything every single week in the NFL at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com Boston. Gambling problem in Massachusetts? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here at GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Must be 21 year older and present in select states. Bonuses are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. Restrictions do apply. Please see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right. I mentioned we're getting closer to the season. Sunday is going to mark 30 days until the season opener at home against the Eagles. The next time, actually, we'll be at Gillette Stadium watching football. Okay, back to football. I mentioned some more notes. Um, we'll keep this brief. Again, I just, I really encourage you to go read the full report. I'm going to omit things here. We talked about the players, things that matter, things that don't. As far as some of the numbers about O'Brien's play calling, throw it all in there. It's vanilla, blah, 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 blah. You know, here's how vanilla it was. They ran basically one personnel grouping, 11 personnel, three receivers, one tight end, one running back, and all but a half dozen plays, okay? They used pre-snap motion on just a quarter of those plays. The goal was, based on that simplicity, pre-snap and with your personnel, and the plays that he called from that personnel and with that motion, just keep the quarterback safe. And despite that, Zappi, Trace McSorley, and Malik Cunningham combined for three sacks and faced six other pressures. So the first one was uh, well-executed, delayed blitz by Houston, Basically, five up front, 
All the offensive linemen have to commit to one-on-ones most often the guy across from them. The player over the center was a linebacker, Denzel Perriman. He bailed out. James Ferentz, the center, slid right. And then Perriman charged back up the middle for a sack. Not much you can do about that. But on a higher note, another place Bailey Zappi was involved on. 27-yard completion to Tyquan Thornton, who someone, as I've said many, many times, I'm lower on the consensus. Really nice grab down the sideline. It was against cover two. Receiver and quarterback read the same coverage. Remember, it was down the sideline late in the uh, late in the first quarter. And I, of course, I I tweeted the like the football term of it, not because I'm trying to convey anything to you, but just it's called the honey hole. You talk to coaches, players, whatever. It's a space between you know the short flat defender in cover two and the guy who has a deep half in the back end. That space on the sideline, honey hole. Uh, Megan Adelini, friend of the show, WEI just said this is a family website. Callahan, please, please clean it up. Uh, anyway, they found the honey hole, a little bit of a high throw from Zappi, but for Thornton, someone who I was speaking with Mike Giardi earlier this week, finally looked six foot two in practice, very much looked like it uh, right there. But that was not the throw of the day. The throw of the day, in my opinion, or game night, whatever, it's late. It's Friday, man. I have to go off and do TV and I might just like, fall off my chair. It's been a long week. Um, was Malik Cunningham to Trey Nixon. Back of the end zone late in the fourth quarter, 21-yard throw. He's rolling out, hits off in Nixon's hands, incomplete. The whole sideline thought they had a touchdown. It wasn't. I just want to make note of that. Not because it means anything for Cunningham being playing quarterback. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen based on Bill Belichick's comments post-game. But it's just something you needed to see after three and a half quarters of the offense that we watched. Uh, where again, more than a third of the time, the quarterback's under pressure. And pretty much exactly a third of the time, the running backs were getting stopped at the line of scrimmage. Cunningham rolling out. I think it's the best way to use him. Simplify the reads, put him on the move. And as he showed you, he can put it up there uh, if you're willing, Trey Nixon, to, to catch it. Uh, last one. The running back situation is a growing problem. And this answers some of the mailbag questions I got on Twitter. Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, and J.J. Taylor took all the snaps. Nice night off for Reminder Stevenson. Strong and Harris took 15 snaps apiece. Uh, 22, I think it was, for J.J. Taylor. They combined to force two missed tackles. Both of them belong to Kevin Harris, who, if you've been listening, know has been looking better in training camp. You know who else had two forced missed tackles in the entire game, but only played one series? Yeah, Malik Cunningham. So Malik Cunningham, in about seven minutes, matched the entire output of a pretty good measurement of running back play, where it's your job sometimes to create yards on your own. You're relying on the offensive line. We just talked about how poor the offensive line was. The running backs couldn't make chicken salad. I don't totally blame them, but it's not a good sign for a couple of second-year backs who we've talked all the time. Rookie red shirts, James White, Damon Harris, Shane Marine, blah, blah, blah. Make the year two leap. And they've crouched down, and they've bent their knees, and they're soaring up, and their toes are still on the ground. I don't like a whole lot of what I'm seeing from these guys. A little bit more from Harris, not from Strong. Uh, I think the Patriots should sign a veteran back because he could allow come on down. Here's your extra million bucks or whatever you want, because you just can't do that. 2.2 yards per handoff and two broken tackles all night is not going to cut it. Um, defensively, we talked about Jalen Mills's play. A couple other things of note. Jack Jones played a lot. He played more than half of the defensive snaps. To me, that's just the coaching staff saying, we want to keep you as game ready as possible in the event that you're suspended. Obviously related to the gun charges that he faces from his student arrest at Logan Airport. We've been over this. Uh, or put on the commissioner's exemplist, another possibility. So I would expect him to play 
a lot in joint practices coming up at Green Bay next week, Tennessee the week after. Patriots are going to play preseason games in both of those places. Staying in the secondary, Sean Wade, backup corner, actually played a ton of free safety. And that's notable because after the top four guys, we mentioned Duggar, Phillips, Peppers, and Mills, there's not a lot of depth there. So you have a guy who hasn't really worked out a corner in Sean Wade, just a healthy scratch every week, professional Sunday sitter and watcher of football like the rest of us. Uh, it was him and Josh Bledsoe manning the secondary the whole time. And Miles Bryant started at free safety. And I will keep the Miles Bryant mentions to a minimum because there's a very small, loud section of you at home that um, I don't want. I don't want to say triggered. Triggered is a strong word, but you know, get a little upset about Miles Bryant mentions. Anyway, he started at free safety. Linebacker Jelani Tavai wore the green dot. He was calling some plays. Played inside now. Didn't miss two tackles. Uh, a couple backups: Calvin Munson, who had a fumble recovery and three tackles, and Diego Fago impressed me in the second half but these are kind of preseason notes where you're like okay Diego Fago signed a month ago is going to make the team no but I want to give him credit for playing the snaps that he did uh he had I thought strong play diagnosis good physicality they're undersized guys but they're here and I think they're making the most of their opportunities Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay. Speaking of making the most of your opportunities, mailbag. We have four questions. One from <laughs> the aforementioned Mike Giardi. He asked, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 20 duck-sized horses? Uh, everyone on Twitter who saw this re- responded, obviously, the 20 duck-sized horses, right? That's easy. That's You just pick the little ones, kick one off one at a time, pick your battles, and move on. My initial gut was to say the horse-sized duck i don't know why because then after thinking about it for all of two seconds again we're working with a very fried friday brain here uh was to realize that duck will squash your head with its beak in one second and it's came over so i choose the horses thank you mike giardi for still contributing to this podcast because apparently we can't get rid of you uh back to football jordan is asking is it too early to say pierre strong is not capable slash good enough to be this team's third down back he says third round but i think it means third down back um it is too early, but if I were betting and I was betting at FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com backslash Boston. Uh, click the link in the episode or the podcast. It'd be a big help. We'd love that. Uh, I would bet on that being correct, that it's not too early. You can say it now because now is the time. Reminder, Stevenson is sitting in practices. He didn't play last night, and there was nothing inspiring about Pierre Strong. Again, as dependent as running backs are in their offensive lines, and it seems obvious, but folks don't understand how deep that connection goes and how dependent they are. It's just not been good. So I'm not writing him off entirely, but it's it's uh, it's not looking good for, for Pierre Strong. Old Man Mob, who's been very nice to me on Twitter. Thank you, Old Man Mob. Uh, as, as of late, uh, we take the good with the bad, ignore it all. It uh, doesn't matter, but just wanted to give a shout out to the Old Man Mob. Uh, quote, do you see New England signing any free agent running backs? If so, in your opinion, who would it be and what is the best fit? I think I, I said this earlier. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, come on down. You need someone in short yardage. You need someone in blitz pickup who can play third down. And honestly, be the guy if Ramondre Stevenson misses a game or two 
or God forbid, three or four or five. And that's a guy who doesn't have a, a ton of juice in his legs, I don't think, power-based back, but knows where to go and what to do. And at some point when you're dealing with young players like Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, that stuff gets a little underrated. You know, at least make the right read. You know, play to your leverage. Understand where the blitz is coming from and the tips to, to look off of that because you just got to take what the defense gives you. It's the basis of offense. Ezekiel Elliott at this stage is not going to run away from anybody, but he's going to do all of those things and take the load off of a healthy reminder of Stevenson if they can split the backfield. Maybe there are locker room concerns uh, from a guy who might still have an elevated opinion of himself despite losing his job in Dallas and being a street free agent, which, by the way, if I'm a free agent, I play running back. I'm not signing until like the end of camp. <laughs> like your playbook is still going to be there. You're still calling. That means you need me. I don't need the wear and tear in my body. I will take that uh, more or less free labor and practice and just, you know, do it during the season uh, when we're not in pads as much. And in the meantime, I can go have a daiquiri because I want to uh, on a Thursday or Friday night uh, or whatever you want to drink. Uh, last question. This comes from Mark. He notes Jalen Mills look, quote, very comfy out there last night. Do I see anyone who's going to fill in that safety spot other than Mills? Yeah, we, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked about this. It's Kyle Duggar, who's going to play a lot at the second level. It's Adrian Phillips, who right now, for my money, is the leader to replace Devin McCourty at free safety. Uh, and then Jabril Peppers, who's really everywhere. Like That's a guy I don't think is being discussed enough, not because I think he's going to make the Pro Bowl or he's going to get onto an all-pro team. Uh, he just, like we talked about with Keon White, there's an athleticism there that you just need to harness you need to rein in you need to point it in a direction give all of your energy that way and make a tackle instead of missing one or keep contained instead of uh losing it and i think he's going to do that this year i think you're going to see the best rebel peppers yet in the nfl from the guy who was in cleveland playing free safety as a rookie to the giants bounce ground being a captain huge special teamer and defensive uh, piece last year rotational player but there was no coincidence that his best football came down the stretch, coming off that ACL tear, being comfortable in the system, familiar with his teammates, and now he's back, re-signed to a two-year deal. He's going to have a really good year. So Jalen Mills, as good as he as comfy as he looks, according to Mark, um, you know, he's he could still be the fourth safety coming off the bench for the Patriots, and that's not a bad thing because just like um, Duggar in certain years and Phillips, these guys get worn down. They're asked to play linebacker essentially in this defense. It's a lot of collisions with dudes who are 100 pounds heavier than you. So if Jalen Mills can rotate in for Peppers or Phillips or Duggar on occasion, that's a good thing. Four safety sounds like a lot, but for a team that majors in playing three safeties all the time, that's their base defense. It's not 4-3, it's not 3-4, it's three, three safety nickel defense. Uh, four safeties is a good thing. Okay. A weekend off is a good thing, at least on this end. I hope you've enjoyed our coverage here from training camp. It's been a ton of fun doing these live shows. We've had multiple guests. I mentioned uh, Fitzy is going to come back soon. I will be in Green Bay, along with my colleague Doug Kai from the Boston Herald. We'll probably do a show together. We might have some folks elsewhere on the beat who are traveling. Last year in Miami, we had Doug, or Doug, uh, Zach Cox and Dakota Randall. I think that episode was unofficially brought to you by uh, High Noon. We're out by a pool. It was a great time. You know, you're out in the area. Come say hi. Shoot us a DM, ask us a question. We will have more shows next week and the week after in Nashville where Jeff Howe is actually come back and join us for that. So anyway, lots more to come. It's been a fun preseason, even if last night might have been a dud. But you have things to watch. Keon White, Malik Cunningham, Jalen Mills, and oh boy, hopefully some uh, new offensive linemen coming up front. So uh, until next time, thank you for watching. 
Thank you for listening. And please keep on reading. Have a great weekend, guys.